Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Mill Spec Believer podcast. This is episode 25. I'm Ryan McCary, and today we're going to be talking through military equipment, technology, and training. So just kind of out front, I think when you join the military, you somewhat expect a complete product, right? Like you have this this team or this organization that you desperately want to be a part of um, that uh, obviously you got to get military training on the front end, right? And you kind of feel like you're joining something that's established, right? That's already got everything worked out, um, especially looking at TACP. I saw myself joining a team that was squared away, had tactics worked out, and that I was going to have to work really hard to catch up to where those guys were at. Um, it's definitely true in some some instances. Um, I went to my ASOS uh, before even going to the TACP schoolhouse, uh, ASOS Air Support Operations Squadron, if you don't know what that is. Um, that's just a hub for TACPs, basically. It's what your squadron is called. So I was able to get a glimpse of what TACP life looked like, and everything truly did seem in stone for the most part. Um, but after getting further into my career, uh, getting some more experience on the civilian side as well, uh, it's very clear now that the military is always changing. It's always being developed further, and so it's always evolving. Um, I think a big part of why training and these things shift is due to technology. Uh, the jump that the military alone has taken over the last 20 years has been astronomical from a technological standpoint. Like even from a lens of a JTAC alone, we have JDAMs now, we have laser-guided munitions now. Our JTACs themselves have technology on their kit that integrates in a way that is unreal. Um, the amount of situational awareness a guy on the ground can have with the support of technology is almost too much. You get bogged down with all these essay tools and uh, completely forget to look up and, and look around at the actual battlefield around you. So technology, it's a really awesome thing, um, but it's really, really uh, taken all these old, old hats who have been in the military for a long time and it's really pushed them out of their comfort zone to kind of catch up and, and figure out some of this stuff. Um, whereas all these kids who are, um, you know, 16, 17, uh, as soon as they get of age to go into the military, they're, they're so used to technology. They're so used to phones and all this stuff that it's not as quite a gap for them, uh, which is a really interesting topic as well. Um, so, so why do I bring this up? With all this new technology, there's a process, a process that the military somewhat follows as new equipment comes online, and it's not as clean or, or orchestrated as I once thought it was, uh, but regardless, it, it generally looks like this. There's, there's first a shortfall that's identified on the battlefield, right? Um, some form of gap or some some kind of shortfall that, hey, we need this thing to do this. Um, that way we can be successful on the battlefield. And a civilian company attempts to fill that shortfall with a piece of equipment or technology. 
Um, the military tests the product. They provide AARs or feedback um, to make it better. Uh, this was my main role when I was a contractor uh, with the Rangers at 175. Like I was there with this new equipment, these new radios, and they were testing them on deployments, beating them up, and, and giving me all the feedback I needed so that I could go back to L3 Harris. I could report those needs to the, the smart people, right, the engineers, and have them actually make changes to the hardware. So this process happens all the time in the military. Um, so the civilian company makes the appropriate changes and, you know, they get after the military tests it again until eventually, hopefully it, it meets some form of standard. Um, but what does that test environment look like? Um, it starts off in a lab, obviously with the civilian company, but when the military takes the product, it's either tested at some joint exercise or more than likely a real world deployment. Um, whenever I uh, became an attack P, I was hearing countless stories of dudes deploying, getting handed new pieces of equipment and being told, hey, dude, go figure out how this thing works. Um, like they're heading out the door, they're literally handed this equipment and, and they have a flight over there to figure out how it works so that when they hit the ground running over there, they're able to use it to hopefully be effective. Um, usually didn't include a user manual. I'll just leave it at that. Um, it all seems out of order, right? Like that's kind of what I'm trying to highlight. Um, like, shouldn't there be some formal training, uh, with ops tempo though? I think the last 20 years, there's really been no time for formal training. Guys have been coming, going, um, TDYing here, doing exercises there. And there just really hasn't been time for guys to sit down and, and dive into a user manual and, and dive in with an instructor to really hear the intricacies of how some of this equipment works. Um, hopefully now uh, we're kind of getting to a place where there might be some more bandwidth to do that. But the last 20 years, that just hasn't been there. Um, but I get it. Like when I was a contractor, I'd try and get time with the Rangers and give them formal training. Um, I could usually grab some time with like the radio guys, but, but like for the most part, it just wasn't possible. Like those guys deployed, they used the radios, they provided me with plenty of feedback, but like actually training them all up appropriately before they'd leave didn't always work out. Um, sometimes that's okay. Like sometimes, you know, they don't need a deep dive something, but sometimes it can be pretty sketchy. Um, I remember when I first became a JTAC, a, a new memo with guidance came out and said, hey, stop using the handheld laser marker um, or HLM. I'll, I'll pause real quick. If you, if you don't know what a HLM is, it basically looks like a pistol. It has a red dot sight, but when you pull the trigger, it's not a gun. It, it emits a laser that can be used to guide bombs onto whatever target you're trying to neutralize. So, so anyways, this memo comes out, right? And it says, stop using the laser because there's been an instance where the bomb tried to target the laser energy at the pistol end, not on the target end. <laughs> like, yikes. Uh, <laughs> obviously, those bugs and kinks got worked out. 
but that is not the type of product that I have a desire to test in the testing phase. Um, so after all of this testing, real world usage, AARs, etc., cetera, um, then at that point, formalized training can actually begin to be formed. Uh, the do's, the don'ts, the standard operating procedures, the tactics, techniques, and procedures eventually making its way to operational squadrons and finally down to like initial training at the TACB schoolhouse or JTAC QC. Hopefully that all makes sense. So with all that in mind, I have a would you rather question. My, my son loves playing these games. Um, they usually get out of hand uh, and he's six, but he loves playing this game. So would you rather be handed a piece of equipment and told, figure it out, or be given training on that piece of equipment, and then you get to take that equipment on a deployment for it to be utilized. Um, I don't know about y'all. Uh, I definitely don't want a JDAM tracking towards my location ever. <laughs> um, one more question for you. In your Christian walk, as you go into your day and attempt to follow God, do you feel like you are just figuring it out? Or is there some form of training or trainer in your life to help lead you? So before I go any further, I want to say two things. First, um, mentors are awesome. If no one in your life is pouring into you from a spiritual standpoint, um, you need to surround yourself with people or someone who you can seek advice from or someone who will attempt to give you a solid biblical perspective. Second, um, being a part of a solid gospel-centered church where the scriptures are being taught clearly is crucial. Um, those two things I just mentioned are huge, but I'm not getting into either of those topics today. Uh, aside from those two avenues, is there another avenue in which we can receive help and or teaching? So not talking mentors, not talking teaching in church. Um, let's see what let's see what Jesus says in John chapter 14 verses 15 through 17. Uh, first, he says, starting in verse five, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever." Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And then going down to verse 25 to 26, it says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Do you view the Holy Spirit in this way? As a helper, as a teacher, pointing you to Christ and the Father? Uh, that's the question for this episode. Um, in a few weeks, maybe we can dedicate another episode to breaking down the, the different roles of the Trinity, if y'all would be interested in that. But, but the Holy Spirit, who is fully God, exists in our hearts. 
and has been given to us as a gift from God the Father. And that was requested by Jesus Christ. What an amazing verse in John to see the three persons of God working together in perfect unity. Um, but, but as we focus on the Spirit in this episode, I want to point out that the Spirit is real, the Holy Spirit is real, it is actively working on your behalf, even, even if you haven't recognized that up until this point. Every episode of this podcast, I'm trying to point you all to Jesus and to approach application through a gospel-centered lens. I've been preaching from the choir to you guys that God has to do the work in your heart. The ability is not within yourself. But we haven't actually looked further into that to acknowledge how the work is actually accomplished. The Spirit is the avenue through which this is accomplished. Our desire to read the Word of God, our desire to deny our flesh, any desire we have that seeks to honor God comes from the tutoring of the Holy Spirit, leading us further and further into sanctification. Like, what an amazing truth to recognize. God is so awesome. When Jesus left this earth, he didn't just leave us without hope or help or say, figure it out, best of luck. No, like like he asked the Father to give us a spirit. Praise God for that. Um, That's the same spirit that in the Old Testament passed over the homes of the Israelites when Pharaoh wouldn't let them leave Egypt. Uh, The same spirit that in Acts filled the hearts of the disciples, and over 3,000 people came to Christ in a single day. Like, how amazing is that? That that same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, resides in your heart. Like, we could talk through this more and and dive into more Scripture on this for days, Uh, but at a very surface level, I just want to try and encourage you guys and hopefully help you understand this truth the truth that God resides inside of you. He is actively working to help you and lead you closer to him. Like, amen for that. We all need that help. As you, as you attempt to be bold in your workplace, as you attempt to do anything for God, for that matter, um, I encourage you guys to bring that to the Lord to ask the Spirit to give you courage and, and help in trying to accomplish these tasks. Like, you are not alone. The Spirit is with you always. I hope you guys have a good week. Please hit me up. Let's connect. Let's keep encouraging each other as we try to go about our walk with the Lord. Um, yeah, guys, this is an amazing truth that I really hope is encouraging. Um like you're not alone. You have the spirit in you at all times and praise God for that. Y'all have a good week. See ya.